0: Now Jesus learned that the Pharisees had heard that he was gaining and baptizing more disciples than John, although in fact it was not Jesus who baptized, but his disciples. So he left Judea and went back once more to Galilee. Now he had to go through Samaria. So he came to a town in Samaria called Sychar, near the plot of ground Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired as he was from the journey, sat down by the well. It was about noon. When a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, Will you give me a drink? His disciples had gone into town to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, You are a Jew, and I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews did not associate with Samaritans. John chapter 4, verses 1-9 through 9. Now you might have heard that there is some conflict in modern-day Israel between the Jewish people and the Palestinian people. This conflict has intensified and at times softened over the nearly 70 years of modern Israel's existence, but it has always been there, and it is a constant reality. It has led to much death and destruction, and is rooted in religious and political and ethnic differences that are proving incredibly difficult, maybe even impossible, to overcome. Keeping the Jewish-Palestinian conflict in mind can give us a little bit of the taste of the Jewish-Samaritan conflict of Jesus' time. The Samaritan people, who are a people who still live in Israel today, had their origin as a people in the Assyrian invasion of Israel in the 8th century before Jesus. The Assyrian Empire invaded and took over the Holy Land, and some Israelites were deported and some stayed in the land of Israel. And as the Assyrian people moved in to live in their newly conquered territory, they began to intermarry with some of the Jewish people who had remained in the land, and they brought some of their own gods and their own customs into the Holy Land. So the Samaritan people split off from the Jewish people at this point, and the mainstream Jewish faith was left behind as well. Marrying non-Jewish people and worshipping idols were strictly forbidden by God's law, so the Jewish people did not look kindly upon the Samaritans because of this. The Samaritans still read God's law, and they still worshipped him, but they also created their own version of everything Jewish, which they claimed was superior and the right way to worship. So the Jewish-Samaritan conflict was rooted in a lot of animosity. The Jews viewed Samaritans as ethnically compromised, religiously compromised, impure, and ungodly. The Samaritans viewed the Jewish people as self-righteous, holier-than-thou, and superior in their actions and in their attitudes. So rooted within this ethnic and religious conflict, the tension between the two groups often became violent. The two parties antagonized each other, attacked each other, did everything possible to make life difficult for the other side. They simply did not get along at all. Knowing all of this makes the story of the Samaritan woman at the well even more remarkable. Of all the people that Jesus could have chosen to talk to, he chooses an enemy of his people. In these verses, even the woman seems surprised that a Jewish rabbi would be talking to her, a Samaritan. But it's not just remarkable because it's a Samaritan, it's remarkable because he's speaking to a woman. Jesus is talking alone to a woman. Women at the time were uneducated, they did not participate in public life at all, and for a woman to speak to someone she was not related to was very unusual. That Jesus took time to reach out to this woman, and a Samaritan woman at that, shows us that his ministry was not going to be a typical ministry. It was unthinkable to embrace an enemy, and it was inappropriate to engage with a woman, and yet here is our Lord doing exactly that. Social conventions and cultural factors are not necessarily bad things in themselves, but it would seem that social conventions and cultural factors were far, far less important to Jesus than meeting someone in need and reaching out to that person. This, no doubt, is challenging for us. And as we think about these verses today, let's consider what social conventions or cultural factors do we carry that might be hindering our ability to connect with someone in need and reach out to them. And what might we do differently about that, even today, starting right now.